0: Thank you, Derek. Uh, wow. Love seeing your comments as uh, they are finishing up uh, that song. And Crystal Marsh said, this song is full of the gospel. And indeed, it is full of the gospel. Uh, I'm going to go back here and grab me a stand. And while I'm doing that, if you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, thank you, Steve, for reading that and... Uh, we, you may recall, prayed for Steve a couple weeks ago, and Steve sits here this morning with tears in his eyes, um, who uh, who lost a son uh, since we last met, and so uh, we uh, have been and are praying for you, my brother, and uh, we'll continue to do so. Um, as we uh, look into uh, God's word this morning. There is a word in First Peter 1 that shows up, and uh, this word uh, in 1 Peter 1 that shows up is the word bless. It is the word bless, and that word uh, bless is where we get our word eulogy. Um, and the, um, the word um, eulogy that uh, uh, we... Are familiar with is obviously used at funerals. So when someone dies and you do a eulogy, you say good things about that person who died. You, you bless them uh, in a sense. Though they can't hear you, it's a blessing to others. And Peter says here, blessed be the God and Father. And so this uh, his whole letter is a letter of blessing or eulogizing God. And so I don't know if you, that's ever occurred to you that uh, though he is infinitely great, um, his greatness we declare by eulogizing him. Uh, the um, the audience to whom Peter is writing, if you look back, he calls them in verse one, elect exiles. Now, the term elect is a is a remarkable term. It means chosen. The term exiles not so good. If you look at exiles all through Scripture, that isn't a good designation. Think. Israel in Egypt. Think uh, the Israelites over in Babylon exiled. Uh, They are scattered. They're not with one another anymore. And so the term exile implies a hostile world. Uh, These people that Peter writes to live in a world that is not friendly to them. They are believers the world is not. They follow Christ the world does not. Think of a student in the middle of a uh, a football team who does not know Christ but he does. Or a volleyball team who does not know Christ but she does or a work environment where the people do not know and maybe do not care for God, but you do. And so in the middle of hostility, we are called by Peter to bless God. And I'm going to give you three reasons today. So jot these down. Number one, bless God for what he did. Uh, Verse three, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is, uh, uh, two tenses show up here in this verse, uh, or one tense, the present perfect tense. So it means there is something that happened in the past that continues to have effect into the present. So Peter, of all people, know that there was nothing. He knows there was nothing good in him that God would look at him and cause him to be born again into a living hope. Nothing good in him. Uh, you remember that Peter was the one who was the rough fisherman that Jesus called to Himself. Peter was the one who opened his mouth and inserted his foot, but Peter was the one who denied he even knew Jesus. Peter was the one who went out and wept bitterly. Peter was the one who, when he uh, uh, Jesus died, he returned to fishing. He gave up. But Peter was also the one to preach the first sermon in the early church. That was Peter. I love reading his works and thinking about who he was and what he did. He became pastor of the church at Jerusalem, and he ultimately ended up in Rome. Peter knew how to blow it and be restored, how to fail and be reinstated. He knew how to blow it and be restored, how to fail and be reinstated. He says, bless God because he caused me to be born again. The phrase born again is used only a few times in Scripture. It is a metaphor, a way of understanding what it means to be saved, to follow Christ Why is it used then? Well, a new birth is a new beginning. It is a fresh start. It is a new life. It's a powerful metaphor. And the baby can do nothing to make itself be born. Nothing. Mom, dad do that part. The baby cannot. We must never forget that God himself is the origin of our salvation. The metaphor, born again, proves that there's nothing that you can do nor I can do to make myself a Christian. It is all the work of God. So what are we born into then? Right? Every child is born into circumstances, born into a family, born into a situation, born into a dynamic. What are we born into? A living hope. The living hope. All right, so hope is abstract. It is not something you can touch, not something you can feel, not something you can put your hand on. But when you put the word living in front of it, it takes it from being abstract to being concrete. It takes the word hope and gives it a name. And so the living hope then becomes Jesus Himself. How did this come about? Through the resurrection. If Jesus never resurrected, there was never a living hope. If Jesus died and rose again, then all who believe in him, who die, will live again. This is the living hope of Christians. 1 Corinthians 15, that great passage on the resurrection. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. We are a resurrection people. When we are able to come back in this place on July 5th, we will celebrate all over again Easter. And we will celebrate because we sat at home on Easter Sunday and worshiped. But we will celebrate in this place that we serve a Christ who is our living hope. I could just clear off a place and preach this morning because Christ is this hope that you and I have. I don't know if you realize it, but we operate by this principle, this example, if you will, this person who has been through what it is we're going through. You say, what do you mean? If you're diagnosed with anything, one of the first things you want to do is find somebody else who's been diagnosed with the same and see how it was for them. And if they lived, they become your living hope. They do. All through your treatment, you know what you'll do? People who have gone through cancer diagnoses tell me, what will you do? You will think through the person who has been through what you've been through and they lived. And they will become for you a living hope. That's how we're geared. When Peter calls Jesus our living hope, well, what illness is it with which we were diagnosed? What was the prognosis? And what is the new prognosis? The illness is sin. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We're all sick with it. All of us. I am, you are, every human being cannot escape the reality of sin in his or her life. We're all sick with sin. What is the prognosis? All of sin leads to death. The wages of sin is death. All sin ultimately leads to death. Sin kills and destroys. Sin devastates. The prognosis... The diagnosis is sin, the prognosis is death, until one, named Christ, comes as the perfect sinless one and dies for our sin. And when he does, he, three days later, rises from the dead, overcomes that sin, so diagnosis sin prognosis death, new prognosis, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I now can live again. I now can walk in newness of life. I have a living hope who walked Through the perils of sin, who took my sin on himself, and now he lives. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. My life is worth living here because he lives. It is worth living here because he indeed is alive. What if I am freed from the penalty of sin? but I'm not freed from its power. That would be an awful place to be. But because Christ resurrected, I have a living hope. So bless God. We eulogize him for what he did, but bless God for what he's going to do. Bless God for what he will do. Look at this, verse four, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So when you are born again into a family, when mom, dad passes, you get their stuff, right? You inherit. When you are born into God's family because Jesus already died, you're promised an inheritance. What kind of inheritance? It is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. If you could see those words in the Greek, you would realize that they are alliterated. They all start with the same letter. Why? It's effect. Same in English. If I alliterate something, you will see our return is alliterated. Why? So you'll remember it. That's all. The three priorities of our return all start with the letter P. Why do we do that? So hopefully they'll stick in your mind and you'll remember them. That's why Peter does it here. It is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Do you know what I've discovered? It is easier to say what the inheritance is not than what it is. It is. The, the, the Bible describes heaven as a place of no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. It's what it isn't. Why? Well, 1 Corinthians 2.9, what no eye has seen. See the negative? Nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined. What God has prepared for those who love him. Why is it that all of what's coming as our inheritance is not so much as what it is, but what it isn't? Why is that the case? Well, as earthbound people, we understand heaven best by thinking of what it isn't rather than what it is. Our minds get at it better when we realize what heaven is not. Why? Because what we experience here is anything but heavenly at times. Earth doesn't often feel like heaven. Why? Look at verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. That's what it means to live on planet Earth. We get grieved by various trials. That word various, is a, it's a botanical word, variegated. It, if you, I was yesterday buying some flowers, and I don't know how new it is, but there's a geranium now whose leaf is variegated, it's got multiple colors on the leaf itself. It's the same word James uses in James 1. Do not consider it strange, by, by the various trials, as they get the multifaceted trials. Life hits us in so many different ways, various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith. More precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. Peter compares our faith to the testing of gold. Well, how is gold tested? It is heated to 1800 to 2100 degrees Fahrenheit to get out all the impurities. That's hot. Just as gold is subjected to extreme heat to remove its impurities and to produce a pure substance worthy of human praise, so also the followers of Jesus must go through trials. A.W. Tozer said God will not use a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. We just sang about that. Did we not? Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. I want to say something to you. Peter uses two sets of threes here. Don't know if you've noticed it. I'm blown away that Peter, this rough-and-tumble fisherman, becomes this remarkable writer. He says that our inheritance is alliterated, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. He also writes that our faith will result in praise, glory, and honor. There's no mistake about that. Peter wants to book in, grieved by various trials, with, oh, you've got this inheritance, and your faith will result in praise, glory, and honor. Look forward, think future. Look forward, think future. Look forward, think future, he's saying. But Peter had an advantage that his audience did not have, nor do you and I. And Peter was kind enough to commend them. For what? He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. I've never seen Jesus I've never looked into his eyes. I've never audibly heard his voice. I've read in the New Testament that, that no one ever spoke like he did. But Peter saw him. Peter looked up into those eyes when he was walking on the water. Yeah, walking on the water and began to sink. Peter heard his booming voice when he spoke into the the tomb and called out Lazarus. Peter was there. Peter saw Jesus pull aside a little boy who had some lunch to go home and most likely feed his family. And Peter saw Jesus take that bread and that fish and turn it into enough to feed 5,000. Peter saw all that. Peter ran to the empty tomb and saw the grave clothes lying there. Peter saw Jesus come into a room without opening the door post-resurrection. Peter was the one who was on the boat after the resurrection, feeling all the shame of denying Jesus. When Jesus came to him again and said, cast on this side, and they caught so many fish they couldn't even contain them. They caught so, I'm getting carried away, I'm about to knock that thing over. So they caught so many fish, they couldn't even contain them. It was Peter. It's Peter. And he looks at these scattered Christians and says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him. Could I say something to you this morning? Could I just take Peter's words and say to you, praise team who served so faithfully in the last ten weeks, could I say to all of you who've joined by screen in such an unconventional way, you can't see Jesus, but you love him. Good work. You've never audibly heard his voice, but you follow him. Way to go. This is what Peter says. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. And filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Bless God because you have an inheritance in heaven. You've not seen Jesus, but you're going to. And third, bless God for what he is doing. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last This is in the passive tense, this guarded. It is the same word used to describe protecting a city. So you bless God for what he did. He gave his son Jesus for you who died in your place on the cross for your sins. Bless God for what he is going to do. There is an inheritance waiting for you. Christ himself, as if that isn't enough, went to prepare a place for you. Wow. You have an inheritance. But bless God for what he's doing. He's guarding you. He's guarding you even now who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. The tense of this verse suggests a continuous process of protection that from the moment of salvation, you received a special protection and that special protection is afforded to you. You say, well, Jerry, what does that look like? Well, it's, it's, it's empowered by God. It's his power. Is it an angel? It could be. There's a good case in Scripture uh, for guardian angels. Yes, there's a good case in Scripture for that, that believers indeed are guarded by this massive army of angels. Sure. Love to do a series one day just on angels. It's powerful but you're being guarded. As believers, we are under God's witness protection plan. I love that. He's got you. God keeps us from falling. We are not born into Christ and then left to fend for ourselves. All of us would fall because we are all newborn babies. All right, and even though we are to mature, we remain as children. So we need him. We need him. So what do we do? This is radical, it is not easy. We rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. So perhaps, as I was preparing, because it's at the beginning of this, this is compared to uh, childbirth, born again. I thought, since quarantine, we've, we've had four babies born into our church. I have only witnessed this as a husband and a dad. I have no clue the pain of childbirth, no clue. I've said from this pulpit, and I'll say it again this morning, if it were left up to men to have babies, there wouldn't be people on planet Earth. Men are way too wimpy for that. I have no clue the pain of childbirth, not a clue. But I have walked into many hospital rooms after babies have been born and I have seen moms who have just been through that difficult experience and somehow they hold a baby on their chest and they smile. They rejoice with inexpressible joy. Even though they've been through the harrowing experience, Of having a baby. And so I asked Christina, she reached out, and uh, we've got our babies born since uh, we last met. There's uh, Jared and uh, Autumn and little baby Luca. Uh, Isn't that great? Look at that. Let's see the next one. Uh, This is our newest one, I think. This is uh, Taylor and uh, uh, Arrowood and baby Brooks. Uh, Let's see who else we have. God, look at baby Henry. uh, And there's Cora. Uh, Look at that smile. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. And there we see Ashley and uh, Sutton. And look at that smile. That, That I think fits this best. Life here. And mom's. You you get this more than the rest of us. Life here is labor pains. For the joy of the birth. That that's that's how this seems to land. If I go look at verse nine, and next week, incidentally, I'll uh, we'll finish and do ten through uh, twelve, um, obtaining the outcome of your faith. The salvation of your souls. So, this week, uh, hundreds of you will meet in life groups. And uh, I'm so grateful for you. When you do, there are two questions you will look at. What have you experienced that was so painful, yet you found a way to rejoice? Number two. How does Jesus' death and resurrection demonstrate suffering that is also rejoicing with joy? You'll look at those two questions. I want to end with a simple exercise. Um, This person has never wanted attention drawn to herself, uh, but since I'm on this side of the camera and she's on the other side, I saw her check in this morning. She has no choice, so I'm going to do this. Layla Siegel is joining us. Diagnosed, I guess, three years or so ago with ALS, Layla now is able to type with one finger. When I get an email from her, I realize the work it took to get that to me. So, here's how I want us to end our time this morning. There on your screen, because Layla will see, would you send her words of encouragement? Layla, what I want you to hear from me as your pastor. And I truly mean this, and i share this with our staff when I receive your emails. I am unworthy to pastor someone who suffers as you do. I, I am. You have not battled perfectly, no one does, but in, in your resilience, in your Faithfulness in your unfailing love for the Lord, you inspire thousands of people. And so, I want to say to you this morning that as you are grieved, and Jerry, as you, as her caregiver, are grieved with various trials. They are not lost, they are not wasted. I know that both of you have read loads of C.S. Lewis, both of you have read Piper's Don't Waste Your Cancer. Both of you have diligently and faithfully trusted Jesus. Heaven for you will be no more inability to speak, to type, to walk, to embrace all those grandbabies. Heaven for you. Will be a lot of no more. And what a day that will be. And so, as your church family, though we cannot gather here, and if you were here, we'd ask you to roll that big fancy chair of yours to the middle, and we'd stand in this place, and these people would applaud you. But we'll do it virtually this morning. I don't have my phone. I don't know what you're saying to her. But, Layla, be encouraged. Be strengthened. Your ALS is not wasted at all. Such an honor for you to be in our midst. Father, We thank you for what you did in the ultimate suffering in Jesus to die the most unfair death for every sin I have ever committed. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for an inheritance that is imperishable, that is unfading. Thank you, Jesus, that you went to prepare a place for us. Thank you. And thank you that you're guarding us even now. We need it, we're weak. And desperate, helpless, unless you step in and step up. For Layla and Jerry, may you fill their little home in downtown Marion with all the peace, the power, and the presence that you can. We, as the family of grace, walk among them as giants of the faith, and we're grateful to do so. As they look back on your suffering, Jesus, we look to theirs, and according to what Paul wrote, they make your suffering complete. We see Christ in them, And we hope, Jesus, in your unbelievably great name we pray, amen.